Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's uh, JoelandJeff.com. That's right. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, except we're in San Francisco. That's correct. We have Tales from San Francisco from the Outside Lands Festival, in part put on by the Superfly Presents people, who also put on the Bonnaroo Festival in Manchester, Tennessee. Yeah. So it's Monday morning. We just had breakfast in uh, San Fran in a little cafe. We're on uh, like Polk Street, basically, which is... Uh, Pretty interesting hood. And it's about yeah, it was called Toast. Yeah, it went to a place called Toast. Toast. And like everything that we experienced this weekend in, in San Francisco, it's there. There, there's a all experiences here are marginalized in the sense of uh, by the people that you interact with here. That's right, because you can have some really great experiences. For instance, like the natural beauty of the city. We're on the twenty-fourth, fourth, twenty-fourth floor, folks. If either Joel or I have issues speaking uh there's good reasons for that it's monday which is it's monday after lots of work and lots of other nefarious activities that and took place over the, over the weekend we're having so a couple pilsners <coughs> yeah we are we're having uh, some butte butte creek brewing organic pilsner yeah. right now that joel picked up uh, from around the corner just so that and uh, you know it's what it's about 20 minutes to noon <coughs> right now yeah, we got just to give you an idea. We got an extension on it. Check out exactly, exactly. And and we went to this joint called Toast, and of course, you know what could have been just you know a, a good breakfast, with, you know, frankly, like one of the things you saw that I ordered the, uh, I ordered, excuse me, one second, folks, <laughs> it's having some issues here with this microphone, which I felt. Dude, you're shaking. I'm shaking. You're your hand looks like it's shaking. No, my hand's not shaking. All right. No, I don't have the pre Parkinson's move. <laughs> okay. I'm good. That's nothing to joke about. I know. It's true. Your dad has Parkinson's. I know. My father has Parkinson's, right? But we surmise that you might have pre. Because of detox. Well, I don't DTs. know. Man. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, we, we digress. But, it, you know, one of the things I ordered this side of avocado because I, I was just determined. At some point, I was going to have some California avocado. <laughs> Is that what you ordered? Yeah, because <laughs> California avocado California avocados are the best. And how was it? Fanta they're great. Thanks you know, for they offering a bite. I didn't even well. I mean, you, that. you didn't ask, but I, mean, I shared the bacon. I, I asked for the bacon. Right. Eh, I could have offered it. I Go thought on. the bacon. I thought. See, I thought the avocado came with your dish. But like you and, I and knew the bacon was a side, so I felt more like oh oh I could ask for something with the side. No, I actually Not asked. Your main I asked for a side you know of I mean avocado. I can't just ask for something off your plate. That, <laughs> that's I know. I understand what you're saying, but just for clarity's sake, right. you'll understand that they offered as a side. It was a side. A side of avocado. If right, I knew it was I a ordered. side, I would have been all you, over that. You would have been all over it, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, it's delicious. And again, back to your point about marginalizing experience, because the service was so bad, so snarky, and and what you're talking about, and so slow. Yeah. I mean, even like snarkiness and the attitude and, the, and all of that kind of shit. Did he even you put the energy in to be snarky? I mean, he was almost just like. Well, it wasn't really him. It was like indifferent. her. He was indifferent. It, it was her at first because I came in and put my jacket down on a, on a, on a two top on a chair. And you were outside texting, taking care of the golf cart incident. <laughs> right. And, and then I was like just standing there waiting for you and wondering whether I should take the two spots at the bar or take take a table. 
Yep. And I was had a moment of indecision. And but whatever, you know, it's just you're a patron at a restaurant and that's not a big deal and it happens all the time. Yep. And she can't stop staring at me as though I'm a vagrant homeless person who's just come in who has no money to spend and is annoying them. Mm. And she she looks at me and says, um, is said something like is is there an issue or something incredibly stupid yeah like that you know is everything okay is everything okay that's a weird question that's not when you ask somebody when they first come in no you say is it are you alone or do you have a party coming so how about this sir are you dining in right sir are you dining in can i help you find a place to sit that's right sir can i get you a cup of coffee as opposed to are you is everything okay is everything okay which generally when somebody's asking you if everything's okay, they're wondering if you have a place in their facility. And so again, it's that redirection that you were describing while we were having breakfast onto the staff and the place as though it's a privilege for you to be in their establishment and to spend money there because they're not in the business of making money out of their small business. They're in the business of telling making sure that people understand that they have attitude that's right and that they're going to let you know that they have attitude and how i put it was it's a more about it's about them and not about you it's about them and not you right and, and exactly i mean they could they could run that restaurant i don't give a fuck really honestly you know but if i did if i was the owner of this place i'd run it twice as efficient it'd still be a pleasurable experience no one would notice except for maybe the service is better and they'd make twice as much money. And but instead, it's about them. Well, and for not about you. It's that's about right. you accepting that's right. the way that they do business. That's right. As opposed right. to them doing business for you. Well, and of, of course, that, that exists in a vacuum of uh, other exterior possibilities and ways of doing things. And because it's really, and I believe in top down, any place that you go is a representation of the personality of the person that owns the place. Sure. So I'll bet you if you met the person that owned this place, you would see that that contempt for human beings is like registered all the way through everything that contempt that person. Contempt for your customer. Contempt for your customer. It's right. It's, it's It's redolent in that place. You can, just, yep. you can just feel it from the moment you walk in. And it makes me wonder why didn't we leave? And the reason why is because the crapshoot of leaving and finding something where you're going to find somebody better in this town yeah. is really freaking low. That's really low. It's basically going to be the same kind of thing. On the same street, on Polk Street in between California and whatever, Geary is where we're at, <coughs> it seems like a nice little neighborhood, great Thai food, and some really good Thai meals. Mm -hmm. Those people are nice. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, you know, because yeah. aren't, aren't we kind of like, we're really kind of like talking about San Francisco white people. Exactly. Well, I went to two bars on Polk Street uh, over the course of the weekend, and both places, they're, they're kind of upscale hipster bars. Definitely upscale. Not dive bar hipster, bar hipster bars, but upscale hipster bars. Right. And both times, I go to pay, and they're like, I order my drinks, $20, whatever, glass of wine, whiskey, beer, $20. No credit cards. <laughs> I amazing man you're a fucking upscale hipster bar and you're so again it's about you not about me and it's about that's you. right you it's I about know. your idea of what life should be that the credit card somehow devalue 
your sense of fucking what commerce should be. And therefore, I'm a poor fucking sap who's from out of town and because I don't fucking frequent your bar. I mean, fortunately, I had cash on me, which I rarely do, but I had cash on me for tipping over the course of the weekend at the festival. So I had like 60 bucks on me to tip out bartenders. Well, is the suggestion that they're above credit cards? Is it, I mean, is that what they're trying to I, say? I, I, I think mean, it's like something like that. I don't think it's about the 3% yeah. charge on the credit card. I think it's more about like aesthetic. I think it's aesthetic. I think it's more about like attitude. Right. You know? Right. Like yeah, yeah, because like y you really have to answer for this if you're in business. A, a very basic question. Why, why would there ever be a, a, a block? Why would you ever block a form of making a payment? Exactly. Why would you ever make a sale more difficult than it needs to be? If any convenience, like the PayPal thing that we saw out of Bonnaroo, I'm like, dude, if they're doing some kind of exterior, like offline thing, at outside now, lands. Uh, I'm sorry, at uh, outside lands, sorry, yeah. folks. Um, again, with the <laughs> four days in a row of insanity. But, uh, <coughs> you know, that's something to investigate at the bar. Yeah. To, like, establish a bar, PayPal, PayPal account. Why not? And it's like, if they're going to start giving out cards and doing that, and it's a reputable uh, business, and it is, and everybody knows about it and uses it online, then uh, there's no reason why I couldn't incorporate that into the bar if the, price, right. if the price is right. Now, the only time that that becomes uh, called into question is when that 3% fee goes up a little bit and some of the practices of some of the other uh, companies become a little bit like, you know, I really don't feel like pricing my stuff based on what American Express says. Yeah. So we don't take American Express. But most people have either American Express or a Visa. Yep, and most people right. have a Discover or a Visa or a MasterCard, exactly. And, then, and, and But not taking them, the absurdity of not taking that form of payment in a town like San Francisco, which prides itself on wealth and the generation of wealth and the supposed, the supposed community. It's a digital community. Of it's a tech, it's the it's tech, a high tech community. Right, it's supposedly this high tech hub, which they, they cannot stop talking about. That's right. We're cash only hipster fucking bar. All right, so <laughs> moving on. We hate fucking San Francisco. I mean, basically. I mean, I like the food. The Asian food. Well, I don't killer. hate everything do. about it, so I can so I can just I say hate this. The white people here. Well, exactly. White people in San Francisco, not very good. Not very and smart and very arrogant. Yeah, and I mean, I know some good. I know good people in San Francisco through my buddy Chris. I thought I did, you know? but I don't. But but and in general now, and I, I don't know if I don't know. Maybe this maybe it's, there's been a decline or something like that. But I would look out this window and I go, there's so much natural beauty. It's a de-evolution. Yeah, the it's human a devolution de of the. As yeah. they think they're evolving, we're the epicenter of the universe. We were told of green, by this fucking douchebag. We're the epicenter in the universe of green. <laughs> this is like, where it all I was started. Like, Why don't you learn how to speak? Well, and, and and he's also speaking in that in the that put on accent of the the surfer guy, yeah. Which again is a is a misnomer way up here in San Fran where the water's cold as fuck. Yeah. You know, and it's like I, I I dig it. When I was in Ocean Beach, hanging out in San Diego, I can understand that. That's that right. is ground zero for fucking surfing. That's right. In America, that's where Surfing USA came from. Right. It didn't come from San Fran. No. You know, San Fran had fucking Dirty Harry. 
you know? That's that's good shit. That's great I shit. I wish people right? here were like Dirty Harry. I, w I wish there were more Dirty Harrys here taking care God of hipsters. God damn, they're just, they're just, they're not very smart, and they are so fucking arrogant. That's, that's the problem. Well, and it's, it's funny because there, there's never, no one ever really, what I find, there's, there's a basic common uh, lack of courtesy. Yes. And, and, and a lack of congeniality. And, and there's a lack of, uh, of hospitality. Uh, okay. And, and One step what, I, what I mean by that is that they, no one takes pride in the empathetic facilitation of, you know, some... Another human being. Another person. Right, exactly. What is that person experiencing right now? Well, or, or you know what I can do, which will make me feel good about myself, is aid this person who doesn't have a certain knowledge of maybe you know where to go in the city or how to acquire things or 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 there's a guy with a lot of equipment who's walking up a hill and I'm standing in that person's way and I can easily see that person coming and I absolutely categorically refuse to move out of the way and and just to be clear this isn't about two guys from New Orleans in San Francisco feeling like the locals didn't uh, go out of their way to uh, make us feel at home we're talking about no, people no. being ob oblivious. Yeah, the oblivious humans, right? To to other human beings and Not, what they what they're we, doing. We weren't looking for a handout of courtesy. We were looking to acknowledge my fucking existence, and let's coexist. You know, we we we're we're both about to walk into the same space. I just and you don't see me, and therefore. I can't. I, I can't remember shoving my way past as many people in forever. There's, there's I mean, I shoved my way through and past people simply because they would just stand there yeah. and refuse. And it wasn't a refuse like an angry redneck refusal. No, like oh, it was my property. It was an oblivious. Right here, it was a. No, it wasn't even that. It was, no. It was, it was horrible. No, it was like, don't come, up, don't come up in my business. It wasn't any of that. It was no. just, I'm standing here. I don't know what's going on <laughs> around me. There's a lot of that in San Francisco. It was fucking weird, man. It's weird. It's like fucking body snatchers weird. It's like... It is would, body I, snatchers I, weird. I wouldn't be surprised if all these people had not just been body snatched. Dude, last night I had to, in, in the artist hospitality area, I was like tapping on this guy. Like, I'm coming through this space right here. Can you just, it just wouldn't move, man. I had to shove yeah. through like two people. And this is like, God, fuck off, man. And at one yeah. point last night, I just bust through some people. I had the camera and I was just like, boom, I man. That. I fucking busted right through them. I was just tired of it. Fucking at the end. uniquely San Francisco thing, though. This this oblivion. It's like the eighth sin you were saying. I know we were. Yeah, I know we came up with a with an eighth deadly sin, obliviousness. Yeah. Obliviousness. That's right. And and we also changed the words of the dawning of the age of Aquarius to the dawning, the dawning of, of the age, age of the oblivious. Exactly. Right. Which is what we're living in San Francisco in 2012. And maybe that's what the Mayans had in mind with 2012. Dude, I can tell you that like, of these oblivious people, and this is why they have. Uh, the entire conceptualization of measuring intelligence has got to be rewritten from the 
fucking foundation to the steeple. Okay. You know, it's because of things like this. It's like, yes, you got good grades. You're an, you're an engineer. You do, you, but you cannot facilitate anything. Yeah. You're so perfectly fucking useless that it's, it's beyond incredible. And that the, the dude who drives the bus at Bonnaroo from Tennessee, the redneck, who has all these base prejudices and all the things that San Francisco would be oh. totally willing to point out to he you about. He eats McDonald's and he calls it McDonald's. That's and right. McDonald's. That's right. Yeah. He has probably four different babies with four different baby mamas. A exactly. Right. Right. All, all, on all day long. Right. All these stereotypes exist, you know, to a certain degree. And they've got these guys down there. But I tell you, and I fucking kid you not, man, if you wanted to arrange something with that dude and say, look, man, we're having a real fucking issue and we need some help with something. And he was in a position to do it for you. He would do it. Yeah. He would well, do it. And they wouldn't do you know it what he has? But you know what he has? He has empathy. For everyone except black people. It's, or, and women or whatever. He yeah. might even have more empathy for black people than people do here. He that, might. In that sense. In the sense you know, that in the these sense people that don't have empathy at all. It, like if he saw a, a black man trip and fall down and break his arm, he might help him out. Well, no. You Look, know? In prejudice, there can be empathy. For example, um, for example, shit, I just got a text about a golf cart. Uh, damn, that must suck to be a black person. Right. <laughs> Whereas, right. like, uh, here, there's just no empathy at all. Yeah, there's, n there's nothing. So... So from that standpoint, you know, no one's sweating, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the end of this trip and getting out of, getting out of San Fran. <coughs> I just got a great text from uh, the guy who runs the golf cart pool. Mm -hmm. Said, no problem, no worries. Thanks for the note, we'll grab your golf cart. Save the key for next year. See, it's... Hope you had a great show. And he said, hope you had a great show. You know where, you know where he's probably not from? San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. Chris from Cresco.com, yeah. Equipment Rentals. Right. You know, if you need trucks or golf carts or utility vehicles right, of right. any kind, yeah, call they Cresco. Got yeah, right. Because that dude's definitely not from San Francisco. That guy's an empathetic dude. You know? Fuck, man. And, you know, that's the kind of company you want, you know? Because, again, it's like, you know, there's, at, at a certain point, you just got to understand that, like, you are running a festival. Agreed. Okay. I fucked up. Right, I should have returned the fucking golf cart. Instead, I got I got drunk instead of returning the golf right, cart. Right, exactly. But but here's a guy that understands that that happens. You know, it's he, fifty uh, yards from his fucking. It happens. It's pool. it's fifty yards, and that's probably what he's thinking. Yeah. Too. At least you I know? didn't like trash it out in the middle of the fucking Golden Gate Park. Look, he probably could have happened. <coughs> and, and in a different year. And and it did in a different year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And my my point is that he probably has this conversation because he's forced to hire people locally every year and his biggest headache comes from this that they're griping about the fact that n that people like you today and throughout the festival are not servicing their convenience right which means to bring the golf cart back make sure it's cleaned the tires are filled with air whatever or gassed up you know and it's they're bitching about every time one of those facilitations isn't or requirements in their mind isn't yeah. met by the time a golf cart is returned yeah much less if it's not returned and then he has to gather them together 
and say, look guys, you just, if to do this job, you have to understand that it's not going to be ideal all the time. And that's just the way that it is. And part of the job is you're going to have to go and, and get some of these golf carts and hustle them and bring them back and gas them up and handle some of the maintenance and, and do some things that, you know, frankly, don't, aren't in the rule book. Well, I think he, uh, you're right. I mean, at, at some it's point, part of too, the job. on Saturday, he was like, you okay with your car? I haven't heard from you. And I was like, well, why would you hear from me? I got a cart. I know how to plug it in. He's like, you got enough juice? Did you, you, you plugging it in? You, you haven't called me to get a tow, kind of a thing. I'm like, well, because no, I'm not an idiot. I know I plug in the fucking electric golf cart but, but because during my lunch break because during my dinner so break. That's right. There's and overnight, because I don't <laughs> want to fucking have to hassle you and fucking run out of fucking juice. That, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because there's so much, there's so much hand-holding, unmanly neediness uh, that's running around this town. Yeah. You know, that, that, that the reason why he's asking you that question is because the volume of requests for that kind of service right. to that kind of neediness has, you know, has his phone ringing off the hook. Well, the whole fucking weekend. The one time I thought we might have gotten in trouble with the golf cart was um, <coughs> we were uh, rolling out to get some B-roll of uh, this pedicab thing. And we were rolling on this path, and there was a sanitation, uh, the portalette truck that sucks all the fucking shit and urine. That's right. Out of the portalette. And it's blocking the pathway. So basically what you have is you have the forest on your right, you have a chain link fence on your left. To the left of the fence is the uh, the stage where uh, who was playing? I can't remember who was playing. Um, spoiled something or something or another. Um, and this guy, we went to say, you know, how long are you going to be here? How long are you going to be cleaning the shit up? And he he didn't speak English. And he basically just said, "Drive it up. He's over the curb. We should go up on the <coughs> curb on the six seater." This isn't like a utility golf cart. It's like a six-seater. Yeah, it's like hospitality. a hospitality. Hospitality. It's not a rugged, yeah, yeah, off-road golf cart. And he's like, "See, I'm like, no fucking way, dude. Well, we're gonna go up on that curb." Yeah, uh, because the curb was about six inches. Yeah, it was about six or seven, maybe. And then you know, from there, you're up on. You you got trees to your right, so you're, you you've got kind of like sand and debris and wood little chunks. And he's like, see, see, see. <laughs> and just that alone, I was like, all right, fuck it. This guy's really enthusiastic. Yeah, Again, he was actually looking at you like you were crazy that you didn't think of that first and try it already. He was looking at me as if I was, he was emasculating me. Because you know how Mexicans are. They're all about fucking. Emasculation? We, they're about your set of nuts, man. You know what I mean? Well, and he was he was challenging. He was challenging. And your nuts were up to it. And so uh, we rolled up on the motherfucker, and, and and to that point, no one had done that yet. Right. And then we set a trend, because we were like, oh no, you can do that. Yeah, and other people saw it, and other people talked to the guy, and he and he, you know, and uh, but then on the way back, uh, one of the tires didn't make it up, and then you got stuck, embar <laughs> and embarrassingly so because yeah, I was we. Embarrassed. Well, sure, you were. I was uh, not embarrassed. There was, you were somewhat embarrassed. I was not embarrassed. Well, you had to be helped out of there, you know. I mean, a bunch of men had to come and My golf help. cart slid down the fucking sand while I was, like, 
going nuts on the woods. It was awesome. You just didn't get that uh, last tire up on the on the side. No, it got up there and then it slid off. No, well, yeah. Oh, no. did not ever get up there. No, it never got up there, man. I didn't get the last tire. No, you know, like one ball hanging down. Ah, it just you, didn't get well, didn't get up there, man. That's because it was a six seater, and I'm used to driving a four seater. Well, and it was it was kind of sad, man. And then you know, it's so not that sad, everybody. Well, the bur burly man had to come. It was not that sad, everyone. Push it, push it off. It was one there. of these things where everyone comes and like everyone has an idea of but how to un <laughs> fix the problem. But but we also had to had just had a conversation with two guys who had this like the aforementioned burly men. They they had a like an off road type uh, golf cart, if you will, that has big knobby tires. That yeah. You know, two times the size of the tires. They've got on like ours. thirty cases of beer in the back and, of the And they hall. and they've got a they've got a fucking you know it's got big suspension on it, and it, it's made to go off road. And they're you know, like, to handle you, these went situations. Off, you went off road with that piece and, of shit. I was and like, yeah, they man. they didn't want to do it. And then when Joel expressed confidence in doing it, so they, me. they turned around and, and they us. came behind us, and then followed the embarrassing episode it where wasn't the last that embarrassing. the last tire didn't get up. But it was one of those things where it's like if it would have been six women, it would have been handled totally different. Like six women would have like said, "Okay, here's the problem." After 30 seconds, this was where like six dudes all have an idea, and all ideas are being implemented at once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as they're as the ideas are coming to mind, they're being implemented. So there's like eight different things happening. Like well. some dudes pulling the cart off the thing, the piece of wood's being put under the tire. I'm straightening the wheels. Well, and it's funny that you say that because most of it is, uh, you're right, that was a typical guy moment because what happens is, here, I got this. Um, I just wanted to reach out. I didn't want to mess with the microphone. Guys, I'm trying to open a beer here. But, but <coughs> typical guy thing, every guy there has got to chime in about the best way to solve the problem. Right. But what, what happens is there's still forward movement within that even though there's no agreement on how to do it everyone's just implementing their thoughts and well not and most of it really is the same thing it's just that there's a desire to express that that thing is somehow unique to your idea <laughs> right. most most of it it means put your hands on the cart grab lift push <laughs> and that's what happened and so five guys grab lift push Joel presses the accelerator and we pass. And we're off. And we're off. And I mean, that's most of most most of the man solving happens in that way anyway. You Thank know? God, though. I Which is kind of gloriously cooperative in, in, in a way that, that yeah. most women probably wouldn't appreciate. No. But at the same time, you know, that whole thing would fall apart if there was just like one chick there, like trying to put in her two bits. Then it would have fell right? apart. It would have fell apart because every guy would have been like humbled in her presence. You know, and feeling like they had to and wondering engage, if they might, and wondering if they might get laid. And, yeah, and they would—they'd all be humoring her and engaging whatever idea she had, and they would have backed off <coughs> the the necessary functionality, which is hand hands, hands on, on, move, move forward, forward, lift, push. And then guess what? Once we were pushed and had that like orgasmic feeling of being like free. Yeah. No one said thanks later. Everyone just got about their fucking. Yeah, it's like, uh, no one. Right. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, cool. That's it. Jesus fucking. And that 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 doesn't happen with females. Um. I don't know. If we, do we even want to talk about the fucking nightmare we had with this kid that we hired? We can talk about it really quick. Briefly. We had a nightmare hire this year. The only thing that was funny about it was that I I had trepidation about the kid immediately. <laughs> I know you and did. you 
you you you well, were willing you you were willing to give him you did put it in my I head put because in your head I was well, like, this guy on the phone can't talk well and 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 what I was talking about is like and and if you listen to previous podcasts you'll know that I you know people call this generation millennial I call them the post Adderall <laughs> generation you know? because because I ha- I have teaching experience and I listen to these kids talk and almost to a man because of the incompetencies of their per- parents and their their parents inability to deal with this unbelievable tidal wave wave of american desires that they have in terms of how they want to live their lifestyle which is to have a career spend all the hours in a day that it takes to have a fucking career to have a two-story house to have status to be white in america and 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 have all the trappings of of status and and the symbology of it wherever they're at and they mm-hmm. they they determine and modern psych modern psychology and psychiatric <laughs> drugs that are available allow them the rationalization and the opportunity to medicate away the problem that is their child well they also and whatever right. de- whatever minor deviant behavior which every kid has well they also say to their kid you're you can do anything and you're great that every child is special no right. you're not of course you're not of course There's you're not six fucking billion people no one is sp- in, very in the people, world very few the word special by definition means only a few people are special by fucking definition right if everyone's special then special isn't the word that in the webster dictionary well, and what's perverse about it is that it all comes from like from psychology and psychiatry right that the the engine of this you know and i don't want to medicate i I really don't tell them they're special i don't want to sound like some scientologist he's like i don't want to sound like well you know they have these anti-psychology rants and all there's not there's a place for it you know in terms of therapy and everything but it's it's so obvious to me when kids are medicated okay because these medications do not do what the you utopian they don't deliver on the on the utopian solution that they promise they don't they they tend to create uh kids who are really really inward uh in terms of their thoughts and behavior and who have a fragility about them that that demands that the rest of the world adhere to it um and be sensitive to their to the fragile nature m- of, yeah. of what's been created by this entire system, wh- uh, which is which is functionally neglect. It's Joel. a pa- it's a paper it's neglect. It's a paper mache factory. Yeah. Just turning out these kids with wings of made of paper mache. Yeah, and they they're like kites, you know, like the wind blows them, and their little paper mache kite gets gets yeah. caught in it, and and they're like blown away anytime the tide of pressure of life's pressures come yes. and and deliver anything anything yes and and when i tell you folks that like the job that is you know i mean if you're able to handle <laughs> basically anything you know that the job that we're asking you to do if you understand the functionality of what is being required of you is not very complex it, it yeah. basically doesn't even require you to think very much it just we just ask you to basically take the building blocks and stick them in the right place and that's right. it that's the job 
you know? And, and for me, like, why, why, why is it such an issue? What, what do you think, Joel? I think it's over-medication. Uh, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's medication. I don't think it's medication. I mean, I think this kid was medicated, but uh, I mean, I, I think this is a generational thing. Um, right. uh, hello? Oh, it's just housekeeping, guys. Hello? Okay. Yeah, housekeeping people? Yeah, we're, uh, they were knocking on the door. Yeah, all right. No, they come in, they come in. Yeah. I want to invite them on the podcast see if they have something to say. Yeah, hey, guys. How you doing? Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. This kid was um, was frail. He didn't enunciate. He didn't vocalize. He had weird tics. Like when you asked him a question that required a yes or no, particularly when the answer was no, he would shake his head almost like violently, <coughs> like, a, was like a baby yeah. would, like a... Like a, like a toddler would maybe when they first learned to like shake their head you know well uh, and, and he had he had some do you drink coffee shakes his head no, no. in this really weird way yeah. uh, yeah. he uh he uh, god i don't want to get too much off this kid but he was awful i mean he was the epitome of everything that you are concerned about about young people in america young white people in america he epitomized everything that I have concerns with about young people, and, well, and normally I don't even give a fuck. It's not it's, to say I have concerns is overstating it because. I well, don't and it's 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 funny because when we reached this, that one zenith moment, when he was he began to kind of hyperventilate at one right. point because it just just you know the 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 creation of pressure that he had uh, he had imagined in his mind. And there was um, pressure. There was pressure. I mean, but you and I were. Yes, but it was created by him. Yes. It wasn't created by us because, as we demonstrated the next day, that most of the functional cleaning up that needed to be done was accomplished within 45 minutes. But the situation when he was hyperventilating was pressure-packed due to the, uh, I mean, not to mince words or, or whatever, but it, it's, it, was, it was a pressure-packed situation. We were trying to... Uh, confirm that video that we had shot was not lost right and yes he created that, that situation but the situation was pressure packed well wh exactly. and, we were, and we were all feeling it well that's true i mean i'm, I'm not <coughs> yeah it's not to diminish uh, uh, the fact that there was a lot of pressure just to say that it was it was just created by him and 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 anyway, he couldn't deal with the pressure that he had created by making these mistakes. Right. And and he began to hyperventilate. And then my problem with this is this, is that, you know, if the overall thrust of, like, medicating kids and all of the psychoanalysis that happens in the United States these days is to uh, lessen the tendency, the drive toward uh, societal selfishness that seems to be happening, it's not working because... What happens when you are, uh, you know, incompetency in and of itself can be a form of passive-aggressive behavior, yep. I guess. You know, because what it does is it forces people around you to pay attention to you. And, and in an inappropriate way when they're not supposed to be paying attention to you, 
when you in in our hierarchy he should be the you know he does something very important but it's like you know you should be invisible in terms of that work you know yeah I mean, it's like the work should just be getting done instead and instead we fired the kid on saturday we fired him on saturday and on sunday we heard from look our client who doesn't even work out of the production trailer we work in was like yeah that dude was fucked up like three times he said he, he said the number three our client was like three times i walked in there and he was um talking to himself in a very odd way so i mean this kid's probably not so emblematic of the kind of thing that we're talking about with young people i think this kid probably has some serious fucking psychological issues because someone else said that he, he got hit by a car well <laughs> well well but uh, but Joel, like you just walked out but Joel, I just want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want to tell you something, man. It's not, my yeah. the reason why I knew what to do at that moment uh -huh. when he was hyperventilating it arises out of experience that I've had with kids teaching that are kids. teaching kids who have similar issues yep. as him. And, and for me, I consider myself to be the last generation that the ramp up to all of the medicating stuff. Um, was only beginning to occur in the late 80s, early 90s. Sure. I mean, you and, and I were latchkey kids, right? We were basically the, well, I wasn't a latchkey kid, like, living out of an orphanage, you know. Well, a latchkey kid, in city. my terms, was like, I had a key when I was, like, 10 years old. When I came home, my parents weren't home. Right, right. That's what I mean. Okay, I mean, okay. And we, 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 fend, we fended for ourselves in that sense. We know we had a house, we had food, but we, no one was pampering. No one was asking us about our day. My, my parents didn't even look at my fucking report cards, you know? Well, I mean, there, that's, some, that's maybe some neglect there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my point, though, <laughs> I, mean, I was a good student, so they were like, fine, you're fine. I mean, after three siblings before me, they were like, Jesus Christ, we're going to take a break with you. <laughs> and look what happened, folks. You know? Joel Jackson. But, um, but my point being... Is that I lived in a generation where in the, come home in the street when the street light comes on, everyone had the same rules. Like we we could go. This is look. This is before uh, pedophiles was a really big deal. <laughs> I mean, it was happening. Believe well, me. Well, I, I mean, I didn't get pedophiles. <laughs> I didn't get pedophiles. <laughs> but um, I, I just I just but I know it was happening. But I that was before I, you yeah. know. Basically, there was a generation after us of people that started to be incredibly pampered well I, c I compared cocoon, it to to medicated totally cocoon totally medicated not not prepared for any kind of human interaction yeah that they, that's not you know and and you know i, I, I was 14 I've years old and i knew how I to had ask an adult to buy me beer i, I had mean, i knew how to have that conversation i had a student i was like hello sir i, yes, I am yes, uh don't have my yes, id on me yes um I have eight dollars. It's all changed, yes. by the way, in a plastic bag. Yes. I hope you don't mind. Yes. Would you please acquire me a six-pack of Tallboy Keystone Light? Yes. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? And yeah. I could fucking say that and enunciate it as a 14-year-old to a 35-year-old man. Yeah, I know. And now you're talking about young adults here. These Who are don't not know how to fucking communicate. Well, and, and not only that, but, but the thing f for my analysis is that the similarity of traits is what makes me come to the conclusions that I'm coming to. Yeah. Because the lack of enunciation right. is one of them. And I'm like, 
where where does this come from? This seems new mm -hmm. to me. This seems distinct to this generation. You know, the lack of enunciation, the lack of looking at people in their eyes when you're talking. And of course, we're, we're talking in general broad strokes, but it's more often, it's more likely with this generation, much more likely to run into characters who act like this. Dude. And, and, and I had one at Loyola that was like this too. And I told you that, that we had to ask him, we we're like, look man, you need to, uh, you're, you're a young adult. You need to wear some kind of deodorant or bathe. You have to cut your hair and shave, at least on some level, if you're going to work professionally, right? You don't, you know, yeah. you, you have to have some kind of grooming standards, and and you have to. When you when you speak, it's going to be required of you to communicate what what work you've done, and if you're if you're incapable of doing that, just from a speech pattern <laughs> standpoint then you're going to have some real issues in life. Right. And folks, these are kids that are in college and they're being passed in college. Look, you know, that's that's yesterday. That's just not right. Yesterday we interviewed one of the brewmasters from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Right. Great fucking guy. This dude Terrence. Yeah, he was great nice. interview. Yeah, he's yeah. Well spoken. Yeah, exactly. Enunciated. Right. He knew the drill. He had he's probably had some media training. Sure. He was good on camera. And he was also very personable. What I liked about him, I always like like when someone um, when we meet someone and you can tell they like us. Uh, yeah, he, he he, I could tell that immediately. Well, he went yeah. and got us beers. Yeah, and then he just wanted to, he he hung out and wanted to talk well after the interview was over. That's right. Um, that that makes me feel good when a guy like that because we're doing this fucking slocky like marketing B two B marketing sponsorship video bullshit kind of you know, mm -hmm. and um, and it's nice to make a connection with with people and I think that's one of the things we try and do we try and make it personable and, and so we had a connection with and, staff. and we're trying to score free beers and we're trying to score free beers and then this girl comes up 23 years old graduate of Chico California Chico UC or whatever Ch the fuck Chico it is. State and she's like you know a good foot shorter than him and she comes up and she does this thing where she doesn't make eye contact and she's going coming up to tell him to try and pay him a compliment and say you had an effect on my life in a positive way. Except she didn't make eye contact and she was the, this was after he told us about, he had, he had grown up on Grateful Dead shows when he first started drinking Sierra Nevada, long before he worked for the brewery. And he talked about going up to someone from Bill Graham Presents and thanking that person for having an effect on his life. And when you're in that modest position of telling someone that you had an effect on my life and that I'm humbled by you and these experiences and they shaped me, you know what you do? You, you make eye contact and, and you're not arrogant. And this woman was basically coming up to say thank you to him, but this generational thing, she's fucking arrogant and she says, oh my God, I'm so, I'm from Chico State. And I'm gonna look at not your eyes, but I'm just gonna look down, and my hands is gonna be out, and it's gonna touch your stomach, and that means you should shake my hand now. But I didn't look at your eyes and put my hand out for a handshake. I just placed my fingers up on your stomach, and you'll grab my hand now. And then I'll say that you change, and then you start talking, and then I'll interrupt you. And that's what she did. 
He's like, well, thanks. I'm glad that you had a good experience. Oh, my God. I just think you're the great. Okay. Um, it's, I, you, it's, because it's like the restaurant today. It's about her, not about him. That's right. She's approaching this situation <coughs> as if she thinks it's about him, but it's not. It's yeah, like, that's right. Oh my God, me. Right. Hey, oh my God, me. It was insane. Oh my God, man. me special. I, I fucking could not believe that was happening to this guy who's worked for 18 years at Sierra Nevada Brewing Company uh, and, and has a true passion for beer and music and culture. And this fucking chick who thinks she uh, has reverence for this. Like, if this is what reverence is, Jesus Christ, man, we're fucked. It, it just, if this is what reverence is. It, yeah, and, 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 and it does what it did to us with, with our guy. It, it does what it did to us. It creates weirdness. Mm -hmm. That's really what it does more than anything. <laughs> there was a lot. It doesn't, it doesn't create a feeling of reverence. It doesn't create a feeling of, of really much of anything other than my God, this is you know, you know this is uncomfortable, and weird, and 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 what if there's a conversation that was happening, it definitely has the effect of killing the conversation, yeah, causing people to be diverted from things that they were enjoying talking about to paying attention, and then it is the attention component, yeah, every time because I look at it and I go when it when it really is distilled down to its finest points. What is really going on here? It, what, what, ha what is the same effect every time? I, you, him in that interview, the kid that I dealt with at Loyola has to be given extra attention. Right. And so it's a demand. I, I, I think it's a demand for attention. So it is. I have to be paid attention to because I'm special. Well, the funniest thing about this kid to me that worked for us this weekend for two days before we fired him was that this is an interesting thing because people say thanks in our society, but they don't say you're welcome. Typically. Yeah, right. You get a lot of no right. problems. You get, a, you get a sure thing. Yep. No worries. I gotcha. People say thanks. No, it's all good. You don't hear a lot of your welcome. You know what I mean? You just don't. And I noticed with this kid right off the bat on the phone and then in a text, I'm just like, cool, man, you got confirmation, arrival time, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. You're welcome. He said, here, you text back, <laughs> you're welcome. Like, what the fuck? It's weird. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, maybe the guy is just courteous and he's going to be conscientious. And over the course of the week, the two days he worked for us, he's had this thing where he'd go, you'd be like, all right, man, we're, we're going to go to lunch. Thanks uh, for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And he'd have this, like, <laughs> like this scared, like, I'm, like, he, he should, like, the tone and the intonation is that he should be saying, I'm frightened. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I'm frightened. I'm about, there's a monster under my bed. I'm frightened. You're welcome. And, uh, so you'd be having this conversation with him that's very intense about like a problem in his workflow that I'm trying to ascertain while I'm out in the field with you, trying to ascertain that we don't have any technical issues that would mean 
data loss or video content being lost. God. And so you go through it's this like fucking rigmarole. He couldn't, yeah. And then at the end, God I'm like, damn. all right, man. I'm like, okay, so it sounds like we're good. All right, thanks, man. And I'm just saying thanks, man, as a courtesy. And I guess maybe I don't realize how often I or people say thanks in, in a way that isn't very meaningful. <laughs> maybe that occurred to me. It's just like, okay, thanks. Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't realize that you rub your eyes. You touch your face like 800 times exactly. a day. You know? But I notice how much I say thanks because he's like, you're welcome. Every fucking time. I know. It, 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 it really is. fucking ridiculous. It was really, it was, it was really crazy because, you know, it, 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 the problem was like he actually was doing like <laughs> some little bit of the baseline work that was being asked of him. Once, After, we, got once we got through the, the, main, issue. the main issue of he the killed two drives. Kill, of killing two drives. Meaning that all the data on those drives was lost. Right. But when, when we came back that night, just before we fired him, and asked him to verbally recount the condition of the work that he had the, been asked, the workflow. that right. he had been tasked to do, he was not able to just simply verbalize what he had done in a way that was, you know, logical or, or easy to understand. Hey, Joel, Jeff, I took the footage and I put it on drive A, drive B, and the internal drive on the Mac. And it's the raw footage from the camera from all of the cards. And I organized it thusly. So I pulled he, wasn't, him, he wasn't able to so do I that. So I pulled him out of the trailer. And you and I had a, I had a bunch of cocktails at this point. Because we we, you and I were clocked out, as we should be. Mm-hmm. We were clocked out at 8, and this was probably 10 o'clock. So I pulled him outside of the trailer. You, seeing my look on my face, were like, knew what was going down. We didn't, I didn't even say anything to you. You knew what was happening. Well, I had said, and Joel, let's go outside, because I need to use the bathroom. Right. Because I wanted to, I wasn't sure, because I could tell that you were stressing again. Right. Because you knew something was wrong. And maybe, maybe weren't, I had realized the totality that he of understanding that he didn't know what how the to log, log and transfer the law how to log and transfer stuff in Final Cut Pro yeah and and that he didn't understand that when you pulled that that the raw footage from the camera into the render queue that the process of rendering is actually creating video files right and so then once he did that and the and the log and transfer was done he began to re-export the files a second time that's right which made no, made no sense. And that's when I said, let's go. I got to go Because you wanted to make sure that I knew. I wanted to, you to make, I wanted you to understand that I just had the revelation that this kid well, has. Which I did, though. Had, I was you like, did. I was like, oh, I, yeah, I get and, it. And I was uncertain about that. Right. And I, I wanted us to talk about that right. and say, dude, this kid doesn't even understand that log and transfer is like creating a new video yep. file. So. And, and, and that was the so straw went, that broke the camel's back. So you back. went back in the trailer. I called Jay, I called him X <laughs> out. And, um, no, actually, this is what went down, is that you went back in the trailer to talk to him to pull him out, and then I strategically placed myself next to the staircase, and when you pulled him out, I went inside exactly. to make sure that the, all of the stuff would be secure and protected. In, in case there was some, some sort of meltdown, some sort of fucking like meltdown. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I, I, I said, look, man, you I, I got to say, I think you misrepresented your 
your your your experience and your and your set of skills. And he said, "You're letting me go, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and uh, he was so fucking relieved. You just saw this like wave of relief over his face to not have and to deal with this. You know, the interesting thing about it is, is that different than the other guy that I taught Loyola that had similar issues. When I gave that guy a talking to about that stuff, he, he was so desired to participate in what we were doing at over there that, that he did them. Right. And, and they may not have lasted. And I've since come to find out that he, he had some slide into some uh, problems He's in his life. Rehab. Yeah, right, exactly, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, he so desired to participate in it that he, uh, you know, he went and got a haircut, and he did this, and he did that, and he, like, he just changed up his life a bit because it was important to him. With this guy that we hired here, I'm not sure that he would even understand what the importance of doing that or why or anything. I mean, I, I just don't think that he would get it on any level. It wouldn't be so. I wouldn't be surprised if he just went home the next day and played video games and read his novels on his iPad, which he was doing a lot while he was working for us. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if he went home and killed himself. I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if he went home and was like molested for the thousandth time by his uncle. I mean, <laughs> this is, I wouldn't be surprised I, by a lot. With this well, story. I mean, but you most know. likely. He's going home to a well-adjusted family who's fucking coddled his ass his whole fucking life. Well, and not only that, but he's going home to some friends who are like, who, who, who are just going to like, they're going to sit on a corner in front of a convenience store and, and be like, yeah, man, you know, I just got fired from this gig. You know, I don't know what happened. You know, I mean, I was really trying to do good. And all of his buddies are going to re-emphasize uh, all of these these failures. You just described one of my favorite scenes from the movie, uh, Say Suburbia. Anything. Say, anything. Say anything. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I mean, I, I really Those do. Those kids were intelligent to some degree. Because I see, I see that happening, too, like at Loyola. Like these kids would be hanging on campus and trying to emulate that behavior yeah. by f finding some, you know, some brick wall, you know, that had just been like hosed down from like where pigeon shit used to be. And they would like sit there, you know, and it's like, yeah, we're that we're that group of kids, yeah, you know, and uh, and then you know, teachers and other parental units from God knows post hippie baby boomer bullshit are like looking at them and saying, well, that that's the way that creative people uh, behave, you know, yeah. they're, they're sensitive and artist like, and it's like, no, it is incompetent, yeah. You've created an you've created a painter who has no idea how to use a brush. By the way, this is a guy who graduated from a creative arts school. That's, that's fucking very, expensive. That's very reputable and very expensive. I'll call it out. It's an art institute, and I mean, the art institute—they're a marketing machine, and they they get people to pay tens of thousands of dollars per semester. And you know, I went to the I went to the career placement officer. Uh huh and ask them to refer me to someone, a recent graduate. I didn't want to hire a student. I wanted to hire a graduate who's currently working because it's a great opportunity to be part of a, the biggest, sure. one of the biggest festivals in the country. Yeah, who wouldn't do it? It's a no-fucking-brainer, you know? Right. And uh, we've had luck. Derek's on. 
right. out of the National Art Institute. That's Great right. Kid. That's right. We ended up texting him in the middle of the day on Sunday after we had fired this other kid just to do some screen capture for us. He got work out of this kid's, this other kid's incompetence. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, we talked way longer about that than we intended to. I know, but, you know, it was so emotionally painful on that Saturday and so stressful. It's a big part of our weekend. It really was a big part of our weekend. And then our Sunday was so good because he wasn't around. Right. And that was the lesson learned. You know, fire somebody if you need to because your life will immediately be better. God, I mean, as soon as he was out of the way, and that's the funny thing, it's like never underestimate your ability to like to to with your skill set yep. to to know that like this person is so bad that we're better off without them. That's right. You know, it's like I mean, look, man, you can run a ten man fucking offense if that one fucking guy <laughs> if that one dude is so bad right. it's like just I'd, go with 10 men i'd rather have 10 men on the field than scott shanley playing left side linebacker. you know i mean that's that's all that i'm saying man it's like if you got no other option you know and it's like you know these onerous credentials credentialing process that we had to go through they're making the phone calls and you just don't have fucking time i'd rather have you know? fucking chris Lockwood <laughs> playing both middle linebacker and left side i mean god damn it man we we sat there and did that in front of people okay because your yeah. boy was in there too and his wife yeah right and uh, i think that was his wife yeah right and uh we fucking hammered through that shit yesterday morning in 45 minutes man exactly the entire organizational structure for the whole project created implemented dropped in a new place new final cut pro fucking folder right <coughs> and visually verified yep which was all we were asking this kid to do that's it that's all yeah, we wanted him to do so <coughs> excuse me to recap san francisco is full of fucking douchebags chock-full and I'm on, on my way to Australia, man. And you're on, yeah. Which I don't have that much. That's I really don't even have, like, a big plan for this, believe it or going. not, man. Because I'm just you're fucking just going. going. I'm going. And that's it. What uh, about pheromones, man? You were, you were getting laid <coughs> oh, a bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. You were getting laid a bunch <coughs> in New Orleans. Right. And then uh, and there's this theory that when you're getting laid, you continue to get laid because women, when I say you, I mean the universe people sure that you continue to get laid as a man because you're getting laid yeah because it's there's a like a pheromone it's excretion a, yeah it's a self-perpetuating mm -hmm. dynamic and you somehow know. you pass that baton to me and you're frustrated by that now. i'm sadly frustrated by it well right exactly <laughs> and i mean i was you know, having a good time with that right up to leaving for San Francisco. And then yeah. I don't know what happened. You know, it's like, I got here. I like to think that you stole it from me. Well, you got a text, like, I, I'm in love with Joel Jackson from a girl. It's true. I got a text from, from that's right, with somebody that I know who proclaimed her love for Joel. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, <laughs> so that created another sexual opportunity for Joel. And then, you know, I mean, you already had uh, Katrina was uh, visiting. I guess, I guess we're we really in specific <coughs> now. Jesus. Well, she, she was visiting, right? There's a girl. Well, she visited, all right? All, that's all I'm going to say. She visited. We don't have to get specific, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say that, like, I mean, nothing happened for me. No, nothing, you know? You that's went it. to get on the exercise bike at 6 in the fucking morning, which is weird. 
It wasn't weird, It man. afforded me the opportunity to have aforementioned pheromonal. Well, no, because I told you that the women have been activity. getting bigger, and I, and I was like, I got to drop some pounds, man, and I'm going to start doing that here. Yeah. But you know what? Even less than that, or I'm sorry, more than that was this, was that I needed a way to get my legs fucking, like, oh, yeah. out of this... Cause I was just, they're just in fucking pain, that man. That ground is hard. My, my shins and, and my thigh and my, and my, my uh, calves. Yeah. Uh, everything below the knee was just in like stiff. Well, you wear the wrong pain. shoes, by the way. You're wearing fucking Chuck Taylor Converse low tops out to a pro video production. Yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. going to call you out, but fuck, man. They ain't the right shoes. Hey, man, you know, I mean, the human body is not meant to have a shoe. <laughs> anyway, okay. So let's face it, we're apes. Good point. All right, we are point, apes. Point taken. You should have been out there barefoot. So this is at least a that's step right, up. That's right. It's step up from that. Support. That's right. So <laughs> anyway, point being that that despite my the shoe wear right here, it's just you know I mean I'm generally out of shape, right? And, and it's I, cold. I, I need know. to to do something to address that a little bit. And I just felt like it would do my legs a world of good to get down there and get the blood pumping a little bit, you know. And so and I also got some blood pumping during that time. Right, and you got some blood pumping during that and time, so right, exactly. And I empathetically, you know, different than some douchebag fucking from San Francisco, I, you know, who, who this is what would happen if I was from San Francisco, yeah. is that I would not realize that I was trampling on your one moment in that morning to have sex and I would have just like stayed in the room watching sports center or some crap like that so all in the mix of like pain in the legs need to do some exercise and give Joel the opportunity to get a blowjob and or have sex and then the next it night, was all in there it was the all in there and and where by the way is my thanks and the next thank that. you and the next night right. I wake up and there's a girl in my bed and I'm like, I'll look over the, to where your bed would be is. And I was like, damn, did Jeff take off again to the thing? And I, and I, and I turned, and I was looking, and there was like a suitcase or two on the bed. And I, <laughs> I swear to God, I said to her, I was like, do you know where the poorly fellow went? <laughs> I swear to God, I said that. I'm, I'm am I, I portly? You, I'm sorry I called you portly. But oh, man. God damn. I'm going to lose some weight. No, I said that. I can't believe I'm being <laughs> referred to as portly. <laughs> That's just like some weird state of mind. I was like fucked up. So I go to the bathroom. I've reached portly. Expecting to see my toothbrush, which wasn't there. God damn it. And what I, and what I realized later, I was freaked out. I was like Twilight Zone. Right. I was like, there's curling irons. Not my, there was like a lady's razor instead of a man's razor. You you weren't there, and but everything else was exactly the same. Well, the because furniture it, well, of course, myself. yeah. <laughs> it took me a minute to realize that. <laughs> you know that middle of the night thing where you're just like you don't know where you are anyway. Yeah. You're just totally fucking confused. Sure, sure. It was just too far. <coughs> you know what I just realized, man? We were gonna share a cab to the airport today. Yeah. We're flying out different airports. Fuck, are we really? You're SFO, I'm OAK. OAK. God damn it, man. I know. <coughs> well, that's that. That's that. <laughs> <laughs>
And look, folks, I want to I want to tell you something too, because there may be at some point in time some conversation <coughs> about another incident that occurred, strange incident between Joel and one of his friends. Oh and God! I, and I just want to let you know that 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 you know I was also attracted to this girl last night. <laughs> I had thought in my mind that there might have been something there. Which and girl? And Tiffany. And Dude, I can't believe you're saying names on the podcast. Oh, I don't care, man. Whatever. <laughs> but I just want to let you know that Joel got the girl. That's what happened. And you're fine with it? I'm okay with it. Yeah. Joel huh. got the girl. Got the girl. It happens. She wanted me to, uh, she wants me to not go to Oakland airport she wants me to get in the car with her and go to tahoe go to tahoe for four days in a vacation house that she has lined up i mean i can't say i wasn't stung momentarily really you know? i didn't realize that you guys were vibing well i i mean obviously we weren't you know which just means that it was in my head <laughs> that's what that means i was fucked up but listen to me listen so to me the point I is i couldn't this. even see her face the point is this is that <laughs> There's all kind of ways that you can go oh. in reaction to that. <laughs> right. And, and, and we saw <laughs> a very pointed example of like what, what where not to go right. when something like that happens. Because let's face it, you know, on, in, a, in everybody's life, like you have, you know, I mean, it happens. You're giving you know? too, we're not, we're not shedding light on this other incident you're talking about, but you're, you're giving too much weight to his. You and I were hanging out with a girl we were both flirting with her. There was some equal opportunity. I don't even know if I was flirting with her. I don't think you her, were. But, yeah. th but there was some semblance of equal opportunity. Yeah. Whereas in this right. other situation that we're alluding to but not stating because it's sticky, because it's a friend of mine, they fucking acted completely inappropriate. He didn't have any footing at all. None. No. None. No. No. Look, there's, a, there's something called proximity. Whereas, like, I'm in the same neighborhood as the girl. He's 3,000 miles away. Right. They've talked for 60 seconds total. Right. Right. And he has a crush on her from afar. Well, we, we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Because that's a totally different. And all, all I can say is Jesus that, like, Christ. like, like, this is one of these rock and roll things, right, behind the scenes at, at these festivals. <coughs> and it was like, I was just amazed by how rapidly the whole thing went down. And that I had gone in the closet to like grab the camera bag and the tripod. And when I came out, before I had done that, we had agreed to meet at the outside and then we were going to leave. Okay. You know? And, and so I was getting my gear. Yeah. And I came back out and, and you were gone. And, and so was the girl. That was the strange part, right? That, and then suddenly, <laughs> I'm sorry. Suddenly, no, no, you don't have to listen. Listen to me. Don't no, feel, don't feel bad. We made don't feel bad. Don't, we, we had an agreement to meet outside. And then you know what it was. We had that's why I got I got peeved temporarily. But but it's stupid for me to say that that that's the only reason why. Because you were looking to. Because I was pants. like, that's a good-looking fucking 40-year-old woman, man, right there. And she and I went and peed in the woods. Well, and I, th I thought, you know, I 
thought we were having a summer pour, you know, but it was like clearly I was, yeah, you know how it goes, man. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody gets, I mean, there were probably a couple of girls that you were talking about this weekend, you know, that that's the case with, too, yeah. you know. And uh, so anyway, the point being, and it's happened in the past, too, you know. I mean, you recall the incident with the whiskey and the girl that was like far too young, right? And I had her like wrapped up, you know, at one point. This was like six, seven Bonnaroo's ago, you know, and it was like, Anyway, I won't get into that. What's going right. on? I don't even remember her name, man. It doesn't matter. She was too young? No, she wasn't too young. I, I mean, she, she was... Too young. No, no, she was really young. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but, but like we were you, were... you you were tripping on the fact that I was like hanging with this girl, you know? But it, it just... Anyway. I don't remember that at all. It, it, it's, it's, it's oh, not yeah, a big deal. I remember yeah, that you remember that? Right, exactly. Yeah, I was trying to help, I thought. I was driving you guys around. The golf cart. I don't remember all how that went. Oh there. no, then I. But was, hey, listen, I was listen, like, it's we're digressing because it just serves as an example of she like, was playing, you know, that kind of stuff fucking happens, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and anyway, so then I was just like there for a minute, and I was like, I was like, well, fuck, man, what do I? Do? All right. Anyway. Meanwhile, know. she and I are in the woods peeing, <laughs> next to each other, and then. Yeah, that's right. At that point, we're like, both of us are half naked. Let's just fucking call this fucking facade a facade and fucking make out. And I, and then I was just there, you know, for like however long. And after a certain length of time, I was like, oh, this is, there's, some, there's something else going on here, man. So I got to go. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And then just for a brief window, I was like kind of pissed, you know. Yeah. And then, but I was like, eh, eh, whatever. I called you. <laughs> That was fucking hilarious, man. That's her. Where you at? <laughs> anyway, but but it went. It was like this. Where you at? <laughs> and and you were doing a little of the Joel Jackson breathing thing. And but I was on the bus and people were within earshot. Uh-huh. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is like, dude, are you calling me while you're getting a blowjob? <laughs> God damn it, man! Now you're just trying to rub it in, man, you fucking motherfucker. Uh, and uh, and but that's not what happened. What what happened was uh, I I you know I was just like I'm on the bus, I'm on the bus headed back. Man, that's what's going on. <laughs> that was a miserable ride back too. Man. Was it? Yeah, because they had these. Uh, God, it was another some jackoffs, man. We got on the bus at 115. So they were they were racist. Again? Yes, it was this. God damn it, man! This crew. Of jack-off motherfuckers, man, in the back of the fucking van. Just, or was, was that the night before my confusing nights where these guys were just, like, fucking saying this shit that was, like... Two nights ago, it was like... Yeah, I'm confusing nights because yeah. you were with me on that. Yeah. God damn, man. That was awful. Yeah. So, shitty weekend... Uh, music was good. Neil Young, Crazy Horse, fantastic. Stevie Wonder, fantastic. Metallica, fantastic. Yeah, all all three shows were really great. Good food, good beer. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, I mean, San Francisco's got. They have great-looking women here. They do. You know, there's no there's no there's no denying great-looking women dating substandard. Dudes, and in, in, in the sense of uh, like personality and and uh, looks. <laughs> yeah, but also just like that, we were talking that that 
you know, I have this theory that, like, the level of gay population in San Francisco makes for a really weird straight guy. Sure. Like, these guys, especially these white guys in San Francisco, a lot of times have, like, this incredible need to overcompensate on so many fronts, man. Yep. You know, and I, I, I just, I don't even know how to describe all the ways that that happened. Like, there's this phony machismo thing. Yep. Where, like, guys that you look at and you, and you go, like, are you, you, you think that you're macho. Right. And they're like, yeah, me. Me. This, you see what you see? I'm a fucking tough guy. And I'm like, you parents probably are, like, rich. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm a fucking tough guy. It's like, whew, man. There's... It's just a lot of that going well, around. Well, there a girl was on the trolley, the streetcar, heading to the festival on Saturday, and there was a girl in the thing throwing up <sighs> on the trolley. And she and our friend was, like, A, trying to get out of the way of the vomit, and B, trying to, like, escort this girl off the trolley. Because it's a public health issue. It's not only a public health issue. It's just, like, Gross. Get, get the fuck off the bus. Man. Gross. So she's trying to help this person get off the trolley who's puking everywhere while also avoiding being puked on. And this white guy, San Francisco tough guy who comes from fucking, you know, a middle fucking class uh, background. Whatever, yeah. Says, what's up, pretty girl? You too pretty? You too pretty to handle the truth? To handle what's going on? You know what? You going to Outside Lands? Beautiful, pretty little girl? Pretty little girl, you're going to get trampled. As if to say, your values, <laughs> your humanity. Just because you're displaying your some humanity. Is, it will not, will be crushed in the ghetto that is this festival. Yeah, and it's kind of like, actually, I'm just going to lay out this picnic blanket. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to be laying on the floor, on the grass, and listening to some tunes. I'm going to go to this area called the Wineland, where they have over 35 small barrel wine makers, and I'm going to get some wine. What was that one on the, that played on, on Lamb? Outside Lambs? Outside Lambs. I'm, I'm going to go to Outside Lambs, where we have... Delicious gourmet lamb dishes. Yeah, and then I think I might go to Chocolate Lambs and have some chocolate-covered strawberries. Right. You know what? Instead of getting trampled, I'll do all those things. Uh, I'll be because doing... Because that's yeah. what this festival is. And you're a fucking moron thinking that because 65,000 people are together in the same space that it's dangerous for a pretty girl like me. Yeah, you I'll... Fucking douchebag. And that's what these dudes are. I'll, I'll, I'll be... I'll be I'll be entering the polo field uh, <laughs> beneath the 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 field entrance that's made of uh, a, a, a wicker windmill. <laughs> right. it, while, while five raging maniacs come and trample me <laughs> when they see that I'm a good-looking woman. I'll go to the Prius tent and play whack a hipster for no for no for it, for some inexplicable reason. When they realize that I'm good looking, and cute and friendly, they will smash me. <laughs> That's the thing. These dudes have this complex of needing to be tough, and they're like, warrior. 
Warriors. They like the fucking movie. Warriors come out to play. Exactly. It's also like those. Fucking there's so many of those. Uh, I hate these people scenes so and movies yeah. like that where like phony tough guys get their comeuppance and then become bitches. Yeah. You know. And it's like an entire city of that with of dudes that never get their comeuppance. That's right. You know, so they perpetually remain in that state of mind. That's right. And they don't have any ever real danger. They just fucking create it. Like, if they live somewhere else, they would actually, from time to time, be in positions where there is some legitimate fucking concern or danger or fear. God damn. And that's the funny thing about New Orleans is that, you know, it's the op- opposite of oblivious because you, have, you your head constantly, is on a swivel in New Orleans. constantly have to be vigilant. Your head is on a fucking swivel. Yeah. Constantly have diligent. to be vigilant all the time. Diligent. Yeah. Diligent and vigilant. You have to fucking understand. V and Hypervigilance. D. V, v and D. You have to fucking understand your wh- where you're at and who is in your periphery all the fucking time. Otherwise, you might get rolled. And you might get rolled anyway. Dude, every Even night. If you are hypervigilant, you might get rolled. I know. And therefore, you just fucking have to, <coughs> you, don't have, you don't have to make up these, like, tough guy scenarios because that's what life is. It's real. Well, and like, let me tell you something. is like you don't make them up because you don't make them up for yourself because you realize. You killed if you if made you're them up. If you're smart enough to realize that exactly, that the smart person knows that that bullshit is going to be read like a fucking the front page fucking right. of the book Gus. You know, right. Gus, Gus is a friendly dog. You know, it's right. that easy to read. That's right. From people. And, and as soon as they see it, they see exactly through you and what you are. If you're getting robbed, that's what's fucking going down right away. Cool, and no yeah. one's going to go, oh, oh, there's some white suburban kid with a fucking baseball bat coming after me. Right. How do I handle this situation? Right. You die. Right. I take your money. <laughs> I live. Until I get arrested. <laughs> and then I continue to live. Exactly. And then I rape someone or be raped. Right. And then I right. fucking commit another crime. Right. However, you might protect yourself by being humbling yourself and being ready and or being fucking quick enough to know, like, where those dangers arise and keeping your fucking eyes open. And to have a sort of humility and about you that... Look, I'm not saying there's, like, an attitude that keeps you from getting fucking rolled in New Orleans. No, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Exactly. But I will put out that if you're not a complete douchebag, you're probably a little less likely to get rolled. I think that there were distinctively a couple, two, three, four times that I can think of where where being that way probably prevented. Kept you from getting rolled. Kept, kept me from getting rolled, yeah. When I was on my bike yeah. a couple of times, when I saw something that was, like, coming toward me. I just stopped. Maybe Cold, dead in the middle of the street. Just because you look like I stopped savvy. Cause you look dead. Savvy. Dead in the middle of the street. And I said, I don't even care what the perception is that this creates. <laughs> exactly. I just stopped <laughs> exactly. and turned around and went the opposite As way. As opposed yeah. to being like, oh, am I racist for yeah. stopping and turning the other no. way? No. No. No, you're not. No, so you're not. You're just you're fucking, fucking protecting. The odds. You're protecting yourself. You're playing the odds. You know, the casino, man. Well, I mean, (coughs) exactly. It's like, (coughs) you know, is it probably going to happen that the two kids on the bike, the one in the front has got the gun on him and, you know, he's he's on the front of the bike, which is police have told me this and other people know this is true, that that's the double bike thing. Yeah. 
in the orange site that it allows the kid on the front to hop off quickly and, and with some speed run at you right and rob you right you know and then the other kid comes behind him for support right you know so you get rolled by two people simultaneously sure and that when you see that that you stop and go the other way they're just like well okay it's <laughs> probably the most likely scenario is that you're not going to get robbed exactly even even seeing those kids well, they're going to chase you down I mean, but but here's might, my point probably not here's my point if i see that situation in a way where i see that like if I continue with my bike or walking, then I'm in a position where I'm not going to be able to exit. Right. Then I'm going to go the other way. Of course. You know, and before anybody can get up on me, you know, and, and, or at least I'm going to try. I'm just going to try, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's as likely as not that, that like, f I mean, for me, like, like those kids that are doing that stuff see that shit as a game already anyway. Right. You know, and it's like the more you can see it as a game, a chess game of That's like right. that kind of stuff, the better off you're going to be. The worst one is going to be this. When a dude fucking comes up to you and says that you don't know and you don't have a rule about this kind of behavior in New Orleans, then you're going to be more vulnerable. And here's here's one right off the bat. Somebody that you don't know and you've never seen before asks you for a fucking cigarette. Yeah. And, you, and you've just allowed that person within where, where no one else is looking at you and what's happening to come close enough to you to fucking rob you. Exactly. I have a long-standing policy in New Orleans. Long-standing. I don't speak to anyone, and I don't stop for anyone I don't know. Totally. I, I dude, I, I, I fucking, middle of the day, I'll cross the street. There's a dude walking <laughs> the fucking sidewalk. I'll just cross the street. <laughs> and walk on the other sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, that's hyper vigilant. That's fucking head on a swivel. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it is what it is. I know. I mean, it's so just spidey sense. If you're living like that, you're not, you're therefore not creating this falsehood of danger the way that these fucking douchebags out here do. Well, and not only that, but I mean, it, 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 you know, you could say that it's a just a response to like <clears throat> the fact that there's so many gays in <laughs> in San Francisco. You know, <laughs> now, like, these guys are so hung up on the fact that like all their girlfriends do is hang around with these gay guys all the sure. time that they they just and feel fucking hyper emasculated. And are like way wittier and more charming than them. I suppose so, but goddamn, some of the stuff we heard about that behavior. This weekend God. was not fucking pretty, man. I'm just saying it's not something I want to hear. What I'm man. saying is these San Francisco dudes are so dumb that the gay guys here are more charming and wittier than them. Yeah, and it's a never-ending cycle of that because it's like, wh <laughs> why do you feel that? I mean, the fact that you feel the need to behave that way in the first place is like. What about the gay people? No, no, like the straight guy, the straight guys. You mean the fucking in the ass? <laughs> no. no, I don't care about that. I mean, yeah. But I do care about, like, the gay dude just having a complex of superiority based on their wisdom. Because they think that they're, they, they have a license to be fucking gay. Not gay like uh, set homosexual sex, but like gay like uh, Scott Fitzgerald gay. Because <laughs> they have, like, the license to be gay! <laughs> and therefore... They're the wittiest people in the room. 
You know, I'm like, you know what? You're not. You're an asshole. You're being a fucking cock. Fucking well, cock and, and you see, that's what, that, that's, that's. You know a, what I mean? Yes, exactly. So because you're being gay. Right. Yeah, yeah, that gay. it's. Yeah, I know. You have a license to be a fucking dick? No. Yeah, no one, no one gets the dick license. Fuck, man. Nobody. These gay people out here do. I know. Well, you can thank your girlfriends for that. You know? Exactly. Because your girlfriends, like, fucking sustain these fucking, this subculture of, of gay dudes being fucking cocksuckers. Well, because, because around Again, women. figuratively. Because, because your behavior has got to be, like, tremendously controlled in terms of boundaries and borders, right, around your girl. And they'll allow, but, but a guy, simply because of his sexual orientation, <laughs> will be allowed in, with the same woman to do things that it would be unthinkable for to you like to fucking do. rub her breasts. Or unthinkable. make a joke about her vagina. It, dude, it would be un it would be unthinkable. Unthinkable for unthinkable. you or I to make that joke. Th- let me tell you something. The things that happened the other night when we were hanging out in that bar, right, after the art opening, yeah. right? It's on a Thursday night. That dude that came up to us and the shit that he was fucking saying. You, you, you just can't do it. You cannot do it as a straight guy. I mean, you would be you're so dead. You're dead. If if I came up and was like Guys, how you doing? My giant cock wouldn't fit in that fucking girl's vagina. She started, <laughs> she started bleeding all over my cock, and exactly. this, this dirty tranny fucking was in there, and I didn't realize she was a fucking tranny, and I was double banging these fucking broads, and and I just met this 15-year-old who I'm texting now. Yeah, and it's like a 15-year-old drugged-out hoe, who who wants to fucking lick my nutsack. I want to just put peanut butter on my balls. Dude, you can't. You just can't can't say that. that. I mean, it's like, it's like Robert. It's like that scene in where Robert De Niro brings, uh, you know, the date to the fucking porno theater. You know, Mm -hmm. thinking Mm -hmm. that it's okay. I mean, it's that wild and out of bounds. But, but that is the dude is coming in and he's like, it's okay for me to say this because I'm flaming gay and and I can trample all of these fucking boundaries, and and you know what? It's even fun. Because I know that it annoys these ob- two obviously straight guys that are next to me, and it's all just quote unquote part of I the gay don't even lifestyle. Know if he thinks it annoys us as much as he just thinks that he's somehow emasculating us. Or yeah, it's like a power. It's, it's a like, power play. Yeah, it's like this power play, you know. And 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 frankly, you know, it's because the girl, you know, the girls allow it. They do. They coddle it. Well. There's a, there's a clear double standard <laughs> over there. You know, I mean, I'm not, cry, you know, that's, well, you don't want to cry victim. What's cool about being in San Francisco is this podcast would never happen if we had not just spent the last four days. I mean, the content on this podcast would never happen. No, no. How do we not spend the last four days in San Francisco? And, and oh, I want to say one last one thing. One of the things too. that I hate about uh, uh, San Francisco, too, just real quick, Yeah. is that when they come to New Orleans, San Francisco, there's a certain subculture in San Francisco that connects with New Orleans. And they think that we are simpatico. Mm-hmm. And if any of y'all, if anyone fucking feels that way, just know that it's not simpatico. That I, I fucking hate every San Francisco fucking person that comes to New Orleans and loves the meters and Leo Nassimpelli and fucking thinks that there's some special connection between these two cities because there's not. Well, the only connection is that two, uh, one half of the meters moved from New Orleans to San Francisco, and that's I, it. I think. I think maybe. At one point in time, <coughs> there might have been something, but increasingly every time I come, I'm, I'm 
uh, that's less and less likely. I've never liked the San, Fr <coughs> San Franciscans that come to Jazz Fest starting like 15 years ago. I never liked it. Well, I want to say this. Another thing, too, is like the level of self-congratulation here is higher <laughs> than in any other city yeah. that I've ever been to. And, w and one of the things that fucking amazes me is that, um, you know, they'll get on New Orleans for like lack of organic food and progressivism and all stuff and too much heavy cream sauce and too much stuff that's like pedestrian and the same all the time. But the, the fact of New Orleans from a culinary standpoint is that it's constantly on the move. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly regenerating itself over and over and over again with a new wave of chefs that have a great cultural foundation for that's producing right. amazing food all the fucking time. And if the greening of, you know, of the, uh, the culinary institutions of New Orleans are hap is happening much more slowly than in San Francisco, then the opposite is the case in terms of like San Francisco and their the, the unbelievable level of self-congratulation that just happened over and over and over again in interview after interview sure. about the quality of food at Outside Lands, which I'm not saying is shabby. But it's good festival food. It's good festival food, but these people were praising it in an and with effusiveness yeah. that was just so fucking off the rails, incorrect, inaccurate, not true, not fucking true at all. Because we sampled a lot of the stuff, or some of the stuff that was there. There was some good fare. Yep. There's no question about it. But I'm like, if you're going to fucking, I didn't have anything that rose to the level of the Cochon de Lay Po' Boy at fucking Jazz Fest, man. Agreed. Nothing. Not one fucking dish. Agreed. Okay? And there's two or three other things that you can have at Jazz Fest that I would put much higher than these things, man. Even the fucking Catfish Meniere, as, as pedestrian a dish well, as that is. In, in New Orleans, it's like, it's like this shit is not, well, here's it's the not that good. Thing. And these people are like, they're so high on the culinary aspects of fucking San Francisco. Like... We're doing all this. We're making all these waves, man, with grass-fed beef. Well, can and blah, I say blah. this, man? It's it, too it, much it, experimentation. At New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, uh, it's caterers. It's like festival food vendors making this incredible food just because it's a food culture. And therefore, that's why the food is so fucking good, right? Whereas San Francisco and at Outside Lands, what they're doing is they're bringing in chefs from real restaurants. And they're making something that's not quite as good as what you get from caterers in New Orleans. And I guess my point is that if you fucking brought chefs into a festival at in New Orleans, you'd have you'd fucking shit would be off the chain. I mean, it would be Well, can I can I point out one thing? There isn't a, a single corner in anything culinary that I've seen yet in San Francisco <coughs> with the sole exception of diners. Yeah. That has anything to do with being Western American, which is what you are. That's true. If you live in San Francisco, and and What's the problem that food, I have, their food is the good food there, here there is, is Asian. The good food here is Asian. Everything that's good to eat here is derivative of an ethnic group yeah. that is not native to this area. Now, I mean, if you want to go back and say who's native to the area, what not? What I mean is like the European settlers who arrived. What is I'm Western, not talking about Native what is Americans. But I'm, I'm just saying. What's Western food? Is well, and the problem is, is that there's not that Can much. Can you identify because it? Because you say Southern food, you say grits, you say. You yeah, know, I mean, I when mean, you get into you New Orleans, a dozen of things. When you get into New Orleans food, it's so rich 
and vast that that you, you know it's a canon and right. and the fact sure. remains is is this about new orleans and about new orleans culture and louisiana and food in general and and some other places in the south it's the only place in america that can say that it has a culinary tradition that arises from the native immigrant culture that arrived there and congealed in that sure. one place all right it's not something that that you know like uh vietnam you know vietnamese food in new orleans still remains vietnamese food that comes from people who were subsidized to come to the united states by the federal government after the vietnam war you know it's it's but there is an entire culture of food that is identifiable and linked and positively is the the cultural engine that provides the ideas for the recipes that come from it. Everything here is hybridized because there isn't that base. Right. There isn't. It comes from Asian, it comes from somewhere French, or this or that or the other. It has nothing to do with anything here. And the only time I've ever had anything that, that even approaches fucking anything that can resemble what actual real West Coast food, because don't forget, there's an entire fucking Pacific Ocean right there. Right. It's filled with seafood, right? Is there not a seafood dish that is native to San Francisco? Like one. Oh, yes. Like I've already named one that's at the fucking festival that's native to New Orleans. Catfish Meniere. There it is. Boom. Right. Right? I could name, I could name five, ten, you know, boiled crabs, shrimp, crawfish. Yeah, what, what, you know, <laughs> I mean, you could just yeah. get into it so over and over in New Orleans, right? It's like... Name from what is a native San Francisco fish oh boy. that is that is prepared Fucking in a native San Francisco way that you can say that 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 recipe for that dish has existed in, in this city that goes back like say beyond fifty years. Nothing. Nothing. Not even one thing. Not even one. And for me, that's very significant because th that's why France and Italy, and again, New Orleans in its own small way, are places. In a big way. Well, in a big way in America, it's true. I mean, when in you're talking about France and Italy, I mean, you're talking about traditions that go back thousands, right. thousands even of years. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and, and so I just mean, like, you I know, it's relatively young compared to that. And, you know, but definitely in a big way in American cuisine you know because as you can see everywhere you go in the United States there is some cultural representation of what comes from sure. New Orleans and the opposite is not true nobody's in New Orleans <laughs> like Thinking hey guys yeah, we didn't we didn't represent our San Francisco native cuisine at our festival man it's so popular rice aroni they have that right what was San the Francisco treat what was the chef fixing the other day he's fixing pokey which comes from native Hawaiian culture sure right that's that's what Fuck it's based this place. on. <laughs> you and I are both heading out to the airport. Yep, that's right. I'm going to fucking Australia. I'm going back to so Portland for one week, and then uh, going to be back in New Orleans a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Excited to be back. Sorry, yeah. our next podcast will be from there. Yeah, unless you want to pod when you're on in, in Australia. I do want to pod when I'm in Australia. If we can set that up, you Skype, know. man. Yeah, we'll Skype it. Cool. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
Folks, good to talk to you again. This one was a little bit bitchy, you know. We're really we're kind of griping. I think this was this a good time. one. This was one of my favorite favorite podcasts. <coughs> but we needed to do this, you know, and we needed to bend your ear about our experiences here in San Francisco. Hope you guys uh, found some kind of comfort and solace <laughs> in all of that. <laughs> or at least just like exactly. That's what I want people to say. Exactly. Well, and maybe people will empathize with, with our trip and say, like, oh, my God, I, exactly. I had the same experience uh-huh. when I was there. Those guys are douchebags. And, uh, they Those need, white people in San Francisco yeah. are douchebags. Yeah, they need some behavioral correction and modification. Or they just need to be left alone in this little fucking place that's called, you know, it's their own little Alcatraz or their own, like, you know. and <laughs> and, <right>. and, <laughs> and And we don't have to ever come here again. Yeah. Except for work next year. That's right. That's right. We just duck in and we can just, like, fucking swallow it and get out and and be happy that we live in new orleans that's right okay folks we'll catch you later all right